What's up, guys? Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. I am still chemical. Am I recording? I am recording. Uh, <laughs> so, happy Labor Day, everybody. I guess technically this is the start of fall, right? Or after today? Or you can't wear white? Or I don't know. Some, some, some new rules you have to follow that because they're bored. So, late in the day on, on Monday. Hope you guys enjoyed part one. Um, this is part two of our Monday show. I think it's episode 360. Um, we're just climbing on up there, climbing on up there. Um, so what a week in wrestling for the second, actually technically a third year in a row. If you think about this time, the last three years, this year, 2022 and 2021, it's been the world of wrestling has just been turned upside down the last three years. And it's one of those things where, here's how I see it. The pandemic did a lot of bad things. Loss of life, uh, global pandemic, and just jobs, and it changed a lot of stuff. And... The one thing I've realized, a part of the reason why I believe wrestling is so hot right now, one, there was a writer's strike. So, like, entertainment is at a limit right now. You know, like, Marvel and Disney and Warner Brothers and all these other people are pushing back dates. Um, and this Wednesday, I actually will have a show of all the shows that are pushed. I will have the show based on the shows that are being pushed back and their impact or lack thereof, uh, and we're going to focus more on the Marvel side of things, and we're going to want DC too, but um, that's for Wednesday, um, but I believe it made people realize, let's go have fun, and let's go back to doing, let's go back to these live events, let's go back to, I do believe that, because I've, I've had conversations with people where they're like, yo, I, I just always took for granted that uh, next time they'll be in my town, I'll go, I'll go watch the show. So now I'm going. Like, house show business is good. And I, I know we see pictures of AEW sometimes with not-so-filled arenas. That's cool. That ha- that happens. That that just does happen. Sometimes people don't either have money to go do it or you haven't built the intriguement enough. Now, let me make this clear. Because I've seen a lot of people online saying that, uh, mainly AEW wrestlers, they're like, well, when are we going to get our respect? Like, we always put on a good show. No one ever doubts you guys are going to put on a good show. My knock, I, if you listen to what I said last week, I said I'm not buying it because there's no like I don't need to, I don't need a story to do it to watch wrestling. I can I'm just a lifer, right? But I would like for there to be some kind of build up, but not one day build up, and then hey, give me fifty bucks. If you were an escort, cool, I might get a blowjob out of it. But it's like, come on, like no one's ever. I I that's why I, I made sure I said. The wrestling is going to be fantastic, and it was. We'll talk about that later. But, like, it still was lack of buildup, you know? And I get it. We understand you guys are going to put on a great wrestling show. Can we get a little more build and a little more anticipation? 
Or are you guys just going to play with them close to the chest until the last week? Then say shell out money. Seems like that's what they took. If you look at this year's, I said this a few weeks ago. Look at this year's pay-per-view builds for AEW. The only match that was really built to a revolution was MJF versus Daniel Bryan. Or Bryan Danielson, excuse me. Other than that, the builds for these pay-per-views have been fucking awful. Now, in fairness, there's been some injuries. There's been some people like Kenta who um, backed out of matches and stuff. I get, I, I get the political aspect of it. But still, come on, dude. Still. Playboy. Like, it's no. It's, it's This is this is partly to do with AEW. This is, I'll say, 60 to 70% on AEW for no build. <clears throat> I don't need a full story, but Jesus Christ, dude. You're just going to throw all these matches on a card next Sunday and say, 50 bucks, please. No, fuck all the way off. So that's the thing, right? But when you look at the last three years, think about think about this. Starting in June 2021, and even if you want to be real, starting in May of 2021 or, or April or May of 2021, where you you start hearing rumors of Brian Danielson, you know, his contract's over. You know, he put Roman Reigns over clean, and all of a sudden, you don't see him on TV. He was working creative. You know, you knew Vince wanted him to stay. You know, Brian wanted to bleed. Brian wanted to actually wrestle and be in the G1. Brian wanted to do this. Brian wanted... So that was kind of like the first domino there. Then all of a sudden, you started hearing rumors about CM Punk. And you start hearing, well, they might be Adam, Adam Cole a manager. And it's not a third. <clears throat> then all of a sudden, let's, let's, let's quickly flip. And we're going to get to all this in a second. I'm going somewhere. Follow me on this journey. So then we went to 2022. The retirement, air quotes, no air quotes, you can air quotes, a Vincent man, and then the implosion of the elite in CM Punk. <clears throat> and then this year, the implosion of CM Punk. Like, it's just, the summers have been done something to the wrestling landscape, and it's made these people who might be normal in real life just go fucking crazy. <clears throat> it's just very fascinating you know so i want to start this off by talking about cm punk obviously this is what you guys have been wanting you got i literally got hammered in my dms <clears throat> because you guys wanted me to talk about that and i said no it's two pay-per-views and I, i'm glad i'm wrong so the fast lane pay-per-view is october 7th and the dream pay-per-view is october 1st so i was wrong so it won't be back to, it'll be back-to-back weekends but not back-to-back <clears throat> pay-per-views again but you i want to give the proper respect to payback because i felt like there was some good stuff on that show and i want and i want to talk about it i knew already where i was going with this once once the news dropped i knew exactly where i was going with it i legit started writing my notes now i was like okay let's gotta, gotta get this done so i want to first talk about this i'm gonna put a soundbite at the beginning and i was gonna put the entire soundbite of tony khan talking and he threw a lot of words around there. He said, call. I remember when the first time I heard it, and he said, call. Let me, tell you, let, me, let me go back. So I'm taking a nap before I got to be somewhere on Saturday night. And I wake up, and Bleach Report sent a notification, Sam Punk terminated. I said, holy shit. And so I just click on it. <clears throat> this is something I never do. Actually, when I, when I wake up, I, I actually, the only time I check my phone is up, like the alarm's going off on it. But usually I'm up before the alarm. So, legitimately, 
I don't need to check my phone. And so, um, I just so happened to check my phone. I seen that, and I seen the clip of him saying, when he said, I've terminated CM Punk for cause. Oh, wow, they're using legal language. Like, they're, they're going to fight to make sure they don't have to pay CM Punk money. Because CM Punk has two contracts, an employee contract and an independent contract. And we start using words like cause, and, the, and I was in fear of my life, which is okay. Um, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> judge anyone on how they're supposed to feel or how they felt. That's just not what I'm going to do. Um, but okay, that's how he felt. Um, when I heard that and I heard this, I actually played it back a second time. And I said, holy shit, this is going to be a long fight. This is not the end of this. And I said, okay, cool. So I didn't know how to process it because I didn't say this because I'm never in favor of someone losing their job. But I felt like, man, I said it. And for those of you guys who have been with me since the wire pen would do it again days, you guys will remember what I said many, 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 many years ago. And if you actually combine all these shows, I've done over 800 shows as a podcaster. Probably even over 900, if I'm being honest, right? But I remember a long time ago, I said, I just want people to be happy. As dumb as that sounds. And CM Punk seems like he's very much happy when he's not in the wrestling business. He's not built for the politics of it. And also, I think he thinks he's a... This is going to sound like a dig. It's not. But I think he thinks he's a bigger star than what he is. And when I say that... When you look at Hogan, Nash, Hall, Shawn Michaels, they got away with a lot of the same things that he got, that he, that he was doing. Whether it was putting hands on people. Like these are notorious stories now. And, example, Shawn Michaels notoriously wanted to get out of his contract to go to WCW, which would have ended up horribly for him. And basically, man said, no, yeah, you're, you're going to hit here. You can go home. I'll pay you. But you're going to stay the fuck home. You're not going to WCW. It ain't the same now. It's just not. The, the guy lets you go. They don't want to pay you these big ass contracts. These, these contracts now are guaranteed. You know, they're fucking guaranteed. I, I, I around this time, they start doing guaranteed contracts, but like, it ain't the same shit. You know? <clears throat> and so, it's one of those situations that he's been, he, he, he thinks he has more power than what he does. He thinks he's a great leader. <clears throat> and look here. Punk has his fan base and he has a lot of friends. A lot of people who are very angry right now. What I think though is you got to remember. The Bucks and the Omega. <clears throat> they've helped a lot of people too. They have a lot of people that they've supported as well. There's a lot of people that have their back. Like they did, They've done. Whether you like them or you don't. It doesn't matter. They've done a lot for the wrestling business. You know. Um, legit. Legit. They help bring, they help to bring people to understand New Japan wrestling. Like I'm a lifer of wrestling. I've been watching New Japan for a very long time, even though I didn't know what I was watching when I was younger. And I'm, I'm and I can say that because I'm better than anybody. That's dumb. I'm saying that because my grandfather watched everything, and my grandfather hated Hogan with a passion. He hated Hogan, so he was like, "Nope, Hogan's on. Find something else to watch." But it was always wrestling, and so I've always seen Antonio Inoki matches and seeing uh, Big Van Vader debut in, in, in New Japan. Like, I I was conditioned to watch all wrestling because 
of my grandfather's hatred for wrestle, for Hulk Hogan. That's the only reason he watched. He would have been glad to watch only WWE. He wanted to only watch WWE, but he hated Hogan that much. And then when Hogan went to WCW, even though my grandfather died two years later, he hated Hogan that much. Nope. Psh, watch other things. I'll find some other things. That's how I got to ECW. Being up late night with my grandfather one night, three in the morning, he said, wait, what's this wrestling? What the f- what, what is this? You know, and th- at the end of the day, Omega and the Bucks and Pangman and all these people that were going to New Japan and like they made it even though Kurt Angle had, and them had already been over there and had won the New Japan Championship it was different you know it was one of those things where like they didn't make it cool Omega and the Bucks have made it cool to, to go and buy a New Japan subscription and all this type of shit you know um, but they've helped Punk has helped a lot of people too but Punk thinks I think Punk's leadership. I think Punk is the kind of leader that he 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 says things aggressively or sarcastically, and he just wants you to eat it. And that's, that's, you know why? It's probably because of how he came up. I mean, he had East stuff. I remember there's a story from Bruce Pritchard where um, he, for some reason, this is so stupid, and it's not just wrestling. It's just in this world. Um, someone was retiring. I think Harley Race was retiring, or it was his birthday, or something. It was his birthday, probably. And Punk took a shot, and Punk had to prove that he wasn't better than anybody. And and Bruce Pritchard said, "I had respect for him after he took a shot." That's the dumbest shit I've heard in my fucking life. As someone straight edge and they don't want to drink, they don't have to fucking drink. That's dumb as shit. But when you see Punk struggle, I think a lot of times he's looking at like you should go through the same thing I went through. And people are like, "I don't have to though," and they don't. They legitimately don't. The Young Bucks aren't these Brian Danielsons and John Moxley's and they're going to put you through a hardcore match where they're not Mick Foley where you have to prove your toughness. They don't They don't have to. They'll do it if they want to, but they don't actually have to. You know, here's my thing about Jungle Boy. If he wanted to do a fucking stupid-ass stunt with real glass, let him do it and injure himself. Then he's out for nine months. That's on him. Now, it would be best to have a young talent like that on the roster? Of course. Of fucking course. They're, they're investing in him. But once again, this is what happens when you don't want to be an adult and sit down. Now, also, let's—you can blame the elite for that. But why also? Here's my thing also about this: Why play Kate to this man's ego? That's why he was really mad, because they wouldn't talk to him. They and they were—they said, "No, you don't have any power over us. You—we don't have to talk to you." And I said this before, and I said this—I say this in my personal life: When you are the one who makes the mistake, you do not get to decide when someone forgives you. Should they forgive you? It's probably best for their spirit and soul to forgive you and move the fuck on. But do they have to? No, they fucking don't. And that's just the reality of it. So with that being said, I want to talk about the timeline of CM Punk. It's about the last two years of... Or three years, I guess. Of just... I guess technically two years, right? But three summers. Let's say three summers of what we've gotten here. This is the, probably the only top star I've thought about this. I've thought a lot about this, my friends. I don't remember there being a top star of his caliber that's flamed out oh so fast and really badly. And his legacy is now, man, his legacy is, is, is going to take a hit. When I think of CM Punk, will I think of this? Yes. Only when I think of his AEW run, though. Only when I think of his AEW run. But when I think of CM Punk, when I think of CM Punk, for a year removed from this, I might still think about this because this will be the first. Next year will be the first year where I, I, I would have to imagine there's no drama, and there's no 
extracurricular people spreading this rumor for one side, people spreading this rumor for this side, and um, I would think about this next year around this time as well. But a year, two years from now, two years, three years from now, I'm going to think of the pipe bomb. I'm going to think of the matches with Samoa Joe. I'm going to think about the last match. He's. I think this, this is his last match. I do. I got, I'm, I'm going to think about the last match where Joe and Punk opened with 81,000 fans and started a show to, to help a still up-and-coming promotion. I'm going to think of CM Punk and John Cena from 2011 in Chicago for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to think of CM Punk against Samoa Joe in ROH. I'm going to think of the first summer of Punk. Those are the things I will think about. But other people, they will bring this up. Punk haters, punk lovers, they will think about this constantly. And this will be attached to his legacy, unfortunately. With that being said, this man had two world title wins. Only three losses. Think about that. Two world title wins, only three losses. But with those two world title wins, no title defenses. None whatsoever. Um, Two fights and then the all-out press conference. That's his legacy in AEW. Yes, he helped the company get their first million-dollar gate, but as we've seen, they've now done a $10 million gate. Yeah, he was on the card. But they did another million-dollar gate. They've done million-dollar gates without him, too. Um, so here's a timeline. June 2021, Cassidy Haynes does the first report of CM Punk and Brian Danielson are AEW-bound. And I remember I, I told this story before in the show. I'll tell it again. This just felt different. And I felt different because Brian Danielson, you already knew he was on his way out. Because like the way he left, the way he lost to Roman Reigns, it just I felt like he was done with WWE. He had, and he actually had done all he could do. He may have been to two WrestleManias. Was a WWE Heavyweight Champion, Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, Money in the Bank winner, Tag Team Champion. He literally did everything you could do. Came back from retirement. It's really felt different. I remember I hit figure four photos up. I had Dylan up. I said, yo, Punk's going to be an AEW bomb. I said, nah, bro, it's a myth. It's a legend. It's like, it's never going to... I said, this is different. Think about this. Every other time we've heard reports, I'm doing air quotes again, it's always been more like guessing than anything. We, we think there's a possibility Punk might be interested in this. Or we think this. So th- this was Cassie Haynes saying CM Punk is signed. That person put their... I, they put their name on that. And I was like, holy shit. That is a huge thing to say. Then all of a sudden, Tony Khan books the first dance in Chicago. Without ever saying CM Punk's name, it sold out. So then you knew Punk was signed. You knew it. Now, Tony Khan was very careful to not promote anything. You know, because and as we've seen with CM Punk, he didn't even sign his contract until he got to the, the building that day. And his lawyer had to remind him before. He said, hey, man, before you go on TV, you might want to sign this contract. Um, and you could tell Punk was genuinely happy to be there. And I remember his first promo where he didn't apologize. He just said he did what he felt he needed to do. I will say this. If he ever gets a chance on a national stage again, I need to stop myself right here. If CM Punk ever gets his chance on a national stage again, he does need to apologize to the fans at that point. The first time I could, I remember I first heard that promo and people were like, he should have apologized. No, he shouldn't have. He felt like he did. He felt like he needed to do what he needed to do. And with this right here, this was too much. This was too much. He alone could have tried to bring down. It's, it, it could have seemed like he was trying to bring down the entire uh, AEW. Is that possible? We've seen it with Hulk Hogan in the NWO. We've seen that already with a company and a big star. 
Is it possible? I, but that goes to my point. Of, I, I don't think he was a big enough name as Hogan because Hogan had creative control. Now, Punk had some creative control, you know, um, but it's one of those things where it, it did affect the booking multiple years for WCW. You know what I'm saying? This didn't. So that's why I say it's different in that regard. He's not that big of a star. Or, have, or should I say has that much power? Let me use that term. So let me take all that away and say that much power. But he should apologize to this man. So Chicago is booked for a first dance. CM Punk comes out. So he's officially all elite. He cuts a promo. And then his first match is, against, is at All Out against Darby Allen. Great opponent. Punk looks different. He has longer pants on. He looks rusty. He wins the match. Shakes hands with him, Sting, Darby and Sting afterwards. Punk would then have, go on to have a bunch of trios matches, one-on-one matches. Then he had a few with Eddie Kingston. Everyone's going to boo you against Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is probably the most genuine person to ever be in the wrestling business. His name isn't Mick Foley. He just um, exudes uh, what we all want to say and what most of us can't say. And so that's just what it is. But then he transitioned to his feud against Thanksgiving 2021 uh, episode of Dynamite. We got our first promo off with those two. And it was 20 minutes of a magnificent thing, which led to our feud, which led to Punk's first loss in Chicago, where MGF actually technically beat him twice. Then it led to a dog collar match where, ironically, CM Punk was the third man out in that match. That was more about the build of Wardlow and the breaking apart of Wardlow and MJF. Punk got the window. Then we transitioned to where things changed. Adam Hangman Page is your world heavyweight champion. He cuts a worker's right promo. This changed the trajectory of AEW forever. And this promo was supposedly, not agreed upon, this was supposedly because Colt Cabana was sent to ROH. This was supposedly had nothing to do with CM Punk. And you know what? I do believe CM Punk never went to Tony Khan and said, get this motherfucker out of here. Tony Khan's not stupid. So Tony Khan damn well know I can't hate these two motherfuckers around each other. They don't they, they he does not fuck with this guy at all. You know what I'm saying? So I can't have my top guy, the guy who I literally said he is the guy I want to get the most. Think about this. He just said he was asked a question the other day, Tony Khan was. He said, hey, if you're ever incapacitated, who would take over booking? And he told him, he said, if I, I told my dad, if I'm ever incapacitated and I can't book, go to Brian Danielson. He's in, he's next up. He's going to be the one running booking. And so, not Brian Danielson, not the Omega, not the Bucks. It was CM Punk, who was his guy. He's a big fan of CM Punk. Respects his work. And probably gave him a very, very you know, hefty check, too. So, now this worker right promo is cut. The entire, the entire build was weird because Hangman was so angry. The entire match. The, the entire promo. The entire build. No, and it was funny because I remember the first time I seen the promo, I was like, is Hangman turning heel? And why is he so fucking angry? I didn't get it. And then we find out behind the scenes because of Coca Cabana. And Coca Cabana is just a pure... A, a, this poor guy. He just is just being thrown in this shit. He, had, he didn't... He, he's never spoken about any of this. And this poor guy just couldn't catch a break. <laughs> so I would never be mad at Cole Cabana for that, you know? So then you have Double or Nothing. Punk wins. And we're heading to our first Forbidden Door. And by the way, Punk won the world title that he supposedly never wanted to win, but Tony Khan wanted him to win the title. But Punk 
supposedly never ever wanted to win the championship. So we're heading to a main event match where it's going to be Naito versus Punk for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship at the first Forbidden Door. Then what happens is he does a dive into the stage and off the stage into the crowd, he breaks his foot. Now we have to rearrange things, and this is where John Moxley becomes the official ace of this company. There's an interim tag put on the title. Now it's Naito versus John Moxley. Moxley wins. Now he's carrying that towel. He defended it literally every fucking week. Punk makes his return a month and a half later. Now you have these two facing off, and now they can't wait till all out. They can't wait till this unification match. They have they want to have it two weeks before the pay-per-view. All of a sudden, they have a match and they have a squash match. John Moxley becomes a two-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion by squashing CM Punk and what just shocked fans. And then all of a sudden, Punk picks up an open contract, signs it. Now we have our main event, which we never lost at All Out. John Moxley defending his world championship against CM Punk. CM Punk wins the match, injures himself again, though. Injures, I believe it was his, his arm this time. So he was going to forfeit the title again anyway. But he wins. In the process, he hurts his arm. Then we have the infamous all-out press conference where he just destroys the Young Bucks, Colt Cabana, and some more. Then you have Brawl Out. The fight afterwards that, depending on whose side you're on, if you have a side, no one's ever denied Punk didn't throw the first punch. So now you have Punk, a still suspended, Elite suspended, all titles are vacated. Now John Moxley wins a tournament to become a three-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Now Death Triangle wins a match to become the new trios champions. So now you have nine months of Punk recuperating and the Elite being on TV. Then you start hearing rumors about a new show called Collision that will be based around CM Punk. Tony Khan wants CM Punk back. Warner Brothers Discovery wants CM Punk back. And they're trying to see how this... Because the Elite still does not want to talk to him. And I'm going to say Elite, but we both we all know they mean the Young Bucks. Do not want to talk to this guy. So now... We're sitting here. We're trying to figure things. We, they're trying to figure things out. So now there's a soft brand split right down the middle. And Punk will have the people on Collision that want to work with him. And he wants to work with them. The Elite will have their people on there. There will be cross-promotion on weeks where the other people are not there. Punk makes his return. But before Punk makes let's let's, let's, let's go. Let's even let's, let's rewind. Before Punk can make his return, he's building hype for this thing. Because he's showing up at Raw. His first time at WWE, his first time at WWE event in almost 10 years. He wants to talk to Triple H. He doesn't have, uh, Vince wants him to leave. He leaves and he talks to certain talent. He's just building hype for this thing. Meanwhile, Kong Alvarez, a liar. He is a hard line to send. He wants Ace Steel to be the guy that helps him book his matches. Ace Steel did nothing wrong besides bite people, which is kind of fucking weird. But essentially, he gets everything he wants. He, he's told he wants to. He, he, he tells people, "Hey, I want to work with Samoa Joe. I want to work with Jay White. You know, I want to work with FTR. I want Andrade. I want Miro, etc., etc., etc." So now it's, it's officially announced the return of CM Punk and collisions where he will be there, and that's just to show he'll be exclusively on. 
while making appearances here and there on Dynamite. Collision debuts. Collision's been fantastic. Uh, I think I've missed the last couple weeks because of the different shows and just being busy. But the reality is, it's been fantastic. Good idea, right? So now we have more rumors coming out. And it's funny. I need to revisit this. I need to say this because I've heard no one say this. Punk said part of the reason he signed with AEW was because he, seeing how the Brody Lee thing was handled, apparently he was somehow in the know of Brody Lee going through some health issues. And he said he was sitting back and watching, seeing if AEW, because he knew that the family wanted to be quiet. And he was seeing if anything would leak from AEW. And so he sat back. And these are his words, not mine. I need to make this perfectly clear. These are his words, not mine. He said he sat back and just seen how AEW reacted. And it was actually treated very well. And if you think about how well the deaths of Bray Wyatt and Bradley were uh, um, treated as far as like secrecy, uh, secrecy and privacy, it's actually pretty impressive. But in, in a day and time where literally everything just fucking comes out. And he went, and that impressed him enough to want to sign with AEW. Also, for being real, it was a big, fast contract. And he said WWE was playing games because they were interested in him. So, now he signs with them. Now, we start hearing the rumors again. Now, we hear rumors of the elite don't want to talk to him. He's confronting Ryan Nemeth like he needs to confront a talent that's never on fucking television. It's like that line from it's like that line from the fucking Avengers when uh, Nefru says "ant boot," like you're literally stomping on an ant for no. And I mean that as no disrespect to Ryan Nemeth. I know he's an actor. I know he's been on work. work um, I know he's been on the SAG uh, picket line. Um, I know that's where he's been doing. But I also know wrestling is one of his jobs. But at the end of the day, Ryan Nemeth, the reason you fucking know him is because he's Dolph Ziggler's brother. Now, I enjoy Ryan Newman's work because I see I actually watch what him and uh, Lacey Nair do. I think what they do is fucking hilarious. I enjoy it. But how many of you guys actually know what the fuck I'm talking about? Not many of you guys. So you're 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 arguing with minions at this point because you're you're trying to get this conversation with the elite, this elusive conversation that they don't want to have with you. Then it comes out two months ago that Jack Perry wanted to do a stunt with Real Glass. Supposedly, Tony Schiavone. I said, hey, no, no, we're not using Real Glass. And supposedly, Jack Perry was still going to do it. And so CM Punk supposedly was asked, hey, can you talk to this guy? Talk him out of this. Punk said, hey, man, if you want to do that, you probably talk to the agents on Dynamite. We're not doing that here. We're not using real glass. Real glass is too unpredictable and too dangerous. Now, you have Jack Perry who's letting this this thing build up because he's mad that this side of the story comes out that makes it seem like he seems like he's trying to go on vacation when he already had vacation planned. Right? So you keep going, keep going. Still hear rumors of little things here and there. Right? Nothing big. Then all of a sudden, you see all in. And you see how he was. And I remember that I told you just last week. I didn't even think about it. I was on Instagram like all the cool kids. And I remember people were saying, you know, like, if he's done, he's done. I think you see him punk. 
I didn't even think about it until I went back and watched that again. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it looks like he's saying goodbye. It just looked... So he knew... Punk knew what went down. In my opinion, Punk already knew what went down. And he knew it was over. That's why I think he's done wrestling. I do. And... He had a nice barn burner of a match with Samoa Joe. And we all know the story. I'm not going to re- rehash that. But him and Jungle Boy got into it. And then all of a sudden, they both get suspended. Tony Khan said as of last night, Jack Perry is indefinitely suspended. Now, it also helps he's also on vacation currently. So he's so that, that I mean, he's already gone anyway. So whatever. But... Then, all of a sudden, Punk didn't hear anything from uh, AEW. Then his lawyer was notified of his suspension. And then, all of a sudden, the bombshell dropped of the firing. And then you hear all the reports later in the week. Even before the firing, you hear the reports of Punk lunged at Tony Khan, approached Tony Khan, said, I quit, you know, and all this type of stuff. And you start hearing all these reports. All these, And even now... After the firing, you hear a report now that, dude, it's two years old now. That he, apparently he didn't shake William Regal's hand when Regal first debuted. And he looked at Regal and said, you're a stooge for Triple H. No. If you think about how crazy this is, Miz, Miz had said when Punk came to talk to him and like talk about past things, Miz was like, I didn't know we had problems. I thought it was all wrestling. Punk is the only one thinking about this stuff a lot of times. Which makes you kind of wonder, like, I'm not going to be one to side share or, and diagnose somebody, but there will be some anger issues there, some some some, some paranoia, so, something. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he takes it to, he takes a lot of things very, very personal. So anyways, um, so now we're here at the firing. And... At the end of the day, it had to be done. And yeah, I skipped over the whole Hangman promo thing. Because this is the thing. At the end of the day, the moral of the story to me is... CM Punk did not like when rumors got out about him. He did not like when people talked about him. But he could talk about anyone else. He could do what he wanted to do. As long as it was happening his way and his feeling, and people's feelings were hurt, it's cool. That's why, that's why I use people like Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. Because... Everyone, everyone says, if you get Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash by themselves, they're super cool people. You get them around the click, they're assholes. I think that's like how most people are with their friends. They're assholes. I think that's how CM Punk is. The difference is, Punk, people just don't forgive Punk, man. Like, everyone has clearly forgiven Shawn, except for a few people, <laughs> have clearly forgiven Shawn Michaels, right? Or they, they know Shawn Michaels doesn't care. But, like, Punk, think about, the, think about this before I move on. Punk has heat in AEW with the Elite, with everyone who's associated with the Elite. So that's over 20 people probably. Then if you go to WWE, he's still a heat with Triple H. Vince McMahon absolutely hates CM Punk. If CM Punk ever goes into WWE Hall of Fame, which he will, because that will sell tickets, it will be because Triple H has buried his ego. If you look at what Triple H has done, he's buried his ego. Whether it's with the Ultimate Warrior... Or any people people he brought back, like you could tell he's clearly just got the business of it. But here's the thing, also, with Endeavor now officially, they should own the WWE by the end of next month. I believe the sale goes through 
at the end. Oh, excuse me, September in this month. Excuse me. Um, so I believe that should go through officially end of this month in September. They Endeavor may say, "Hey, bring that motherfucker in." I don't know, but so as long as it's bringing them money, they just literally paid nine billion dollars. You don't think they want their? They're going to make their investment back tenfold. But my point is. That be a, that could help bring money and bring money and revenue to their business. Here's the thing. He has heat with Kevin Owens. Mr. Man hates this guy. Triple H beef with him. He Dolph Ziggler. Like people do not like this guy. And I, I forgot the entire story with CM Punk and uh, Kevin Owens, but I know it was about a shirt or something. It was the ROH days. Like, but Kevin Owens keeps grudges too. So either way, this is a sad legacy to leave behind. He could have done so much more with this company. If you, th- if you look at this man's record, he was, I think, 35-3-1. So he only wrestled 39 matches in his AEW career, solo matches. He could have done so, so much more. And we're never going to get him versus Omega. We're never going to see any of this again. We're just, we're just not. And honestly, at this point, it's for the best. And I'm going to say this the same way I said this years ago. I hope that man finds happiness because I don't think the wrestling business makes him happy. Moving on. All out. Some news and notes real quick. Christian has signed a new deal. No details on that yet. And Ernst Cassidy after this match, after this night has leveled up. John Moxley is, I keep saying this, he's the ace of AEW. Think about how crazy this is. There's been officially, what, five all out pay-per-views? Let me think. Four or five all-out paper. Let's just look it up while I'm while I'm here. Let's just look this. Uh, let's just look this uh, real quick. Where's Wikipedia? Where's the good old Wikipedia? Did not mean to do that. Uh, yeah, there we go, baby. So it is. Where are you? It's been five all-out pay-per-views. John Moxley has headlined. Think about this crazy run. John Moxley's headlined three of them. He headlined one against MJF, one against CM Punk, and one against Orange Cassidy. All for championships. He is two and one in those main events. Defending one, t- defending two times, and winning one tam- championship layer. This guy, and once again, all out. I guess it's gonna stay the rest their their version of WrestleMania. This guy is just. What will they depend on? And I didn't even know he was main eventing when I did uh, the show yesterday, the part one of the show, until uh, I saw <laughs> Mick Foley post, um, uh, post a meme of John Moxley saying, I'm never going to get that vacation in my I said, what does that mean? He can, he just has a match. Then that's why I seen the note. He's main eventing with Orange Cassidy. But this match leveled up Orange Cassidy. I know some people said, well, he's fought a lot of lower level people in his 32 title offenses, and now his first chance against the main eventer, he loses. But he was put over so strong. This dude literally kicked out. Think about them. I didn't say this the other day because I, I just don't want to annoy myself. These dudes traded Canadian fucking destroyers like it was a DDT. Like, like it was a fucking DDT. Those two moves should not be fucking transitional moves. They should be finishers. And like he's kicked out of everybody's moves. This dude's been put. This dude has been put on a different fucking level. Period. Bottom line. Held a title that we used to be called the All Atlanta title. Like, I, I think Pac did it well, because the first um, rendition, it, it was always meant to be the title that goes to different promotions that you can 
uh, defended and everything. I don't think Ernest Cassidy ever did that. Pac definitely did that a couple times. But Ernest Cassidy, because he was put in prime positions to open and close shows, and it was always for the title, he was put over very, very strong. He was put over well. And now Moxley can take it to another level as well, because Moxley still does shows other places too. And Moxley can bring that international title everywhere. And also, if you think about it, I know I'm into the main event right now, but we'll just go with it. If you think about it, the Blackpool Combat Club have had very mid-summer as far as winning matches. They, and I know uh, Omega lost to uh, John Moxley in the steel cage. I know, but, they, but the Blackpool Combat Club lost in blood and guts. I think they didn't win at Forbidden Door, if I'm not mistaken, or Devil or Nothing, whatever it was. But they've lost a good amount. You know what I'm saying? So they, them going undefeated in this night, they they this is the this they needed this, you know, um, and so to me, it leveled up Orange Cassidy, all while and also it showed how brutal John Moxley can be without him. For as much offense as Orange Cassidy got in, he couldn't do what Moxley does. The, you know what I'm saying? Say what you want to about the death match stuff. It, I, it's not for me either. I think it's quite disgusting at some points. Just sometimes it's just too much. You know, but Orange bled. He gave everything he could, and Moxley was just too much for him. The the almost a year reign of this guy came to an end because Moxley just said, "I'm gonna take advantage of this guy the way no one else has. I'm gonna beat the shit out of this motherfucker. I'm not gonna, go, I'm not gonna trade move for move with him. Why do that? Just beat him up." So I I think it was good. So Moxley, John Moxley is your third international champion and current now. The Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castagnoli and Willer Yuta defeated Shibata and Eddie Kingston in a tag team match after Eddie got pinned. This is definitely, I have to believe this is leading to Claudio losing that ROH World Heavyweight Championship at Death Before Dishonor in December. I, I will have to think that's what this is leading to. Miro and Hobbs had a great match, 15 minutes, where people were. Chanting meat chants, which I'm going to leave that right there. So, um, yeah, we're not going to get into those chants. But Miro gets to win. At the end of this, uh, CJ Perry debuts. And all you hear is Miro saying, you're not real, you're not real, you're not real. And then on Twitter, um, she says, you do not renounce me. He says, I have forsaken you. Um, so I'm surprised it took her this long to debut. But uh, this was a good match. Miro and Hobbs have a good chemistry. And it was good to see both of them on a show. You know? So this will be the benefit, if they're going to do this yearly, this will be the benefit of uh, having this. Is you can actually have people like this get time on one of two pay-per-views. You know what I'm saying? So that's dope. Darby Allen versus Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus gets uh, the W, retains the TNT Championship. Darby Allen seems to be getting ridden off TV, at least until they're in Seattle next month for the pay-per-view. I like this match. It, it worked very well. Um, of the choice that Darby Allen had to have of either save Nick Wayne or win the TNT Championship, and he chose to save Nick Wayne. Uh, Chris Statlander defeated Ruby Soho. Tony Storm with her new uh, Marilyn Monroe gimmick screwed over Ruby Soho. Looks like she's out of the outcast for good now, which is probably for the best. MJF and Adam Cole retained their ROH World Tag Team Championships. At the end of it, Samoa Joe comes out and pushes uh mjf and it looks like the person that's going to win that tournament is samoa joe and we're gonna get joe versus punk roh tv champion versus the 
ROH World Tag Team and AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And look, I am here for all of it. Getting more Samoa Joe on TV and not behind a paywall is super nice for me. FTR and the Bucks lose to Bullet Club Gold. They are on a roll. So let's keep this going. Omega loses to Takeshita in a great match. Um, and, and I did actually end up watching this pay-per-view. I didn't pay for it. I actually had someone who um, listens to the show. Uh, he's a friend. And he hit me up and said, hey, I know you're not, not going to buy it. You should come over and watch it, though. And he, and he knows I'm like really, really watching wrestling with other people. It's just not my thing. But I went over because it was nice of him to invite me. And I just was going to sit around the house anyway and uh, do just just do some writing uh, for some things I had to write on. But this was this was a good, good match. Samoa Joe defeated uh, Shane, uh, Shane to uh, retain his ROH TV championship. And in the match of the night, in a brutal match, Brian Danielson returns. You could tell he's still not 100%. And him and Ricky Starks beat the living fuck out of each other in a strap match. Stark passes out. And honestly, the plans for him might be changing. Because that's a babyface thing to do. I know everyone might think Brian Danielson's a babyface. Look here, Brian Danielson is a babyface. He just masquerades as a heel because of reasons. But that was a very babyface thing for Ricky Starks to not tap out. His plans, I'm assuming, are going to change now that CM Punk is And I would assume that this was going to be the main event of All Out. It was going to be the Real World Heavyweight Championship online in a strap match. Stark was never going to win. But these two beat the hell out of each other. And honestly, I don't know if Punk and him would have had a better match. And Brian cut a hell of a promo before. I was on the pre-show. He said, the last time I was in a strap match, that was someone I love. Imagine what I'm going to do someone who I don't like. Ouch. And what a shout out to Bray Wyatt. Um, but yeah, the, overall, this was a strong pay-per-view. Let's, let's look here. We all knew this was going to be good wrestling. We all knew that. That was never, like, in doubt. <laughs> you know, uh, it just comes down to just needs a better, these, these shows need better build. And the next one's not going to get any kind of build either. Because you now have to build to Grand Slam. Then 11 days later, you have a pay-per-view. So this, this is, this for this entire year, this is out the window. So let's just make that clear. So, anyways, that's this part two of your Monday show. Uh, this is coming out pretty late. It's going to be after 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Eastern. But I hope you guys enjoy. Check me out on Wednesday when we're talking about the state of delays due to the uh, SAG, after, SAG after strike. So I'm so chemical. This is I see things a little differently. We are out.